Disclaimer, we are not doctors or scientists. We are simply defenders of the imagination. This is not a safe place to affirm your beliefs and opinions. Listener discretion is advised. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Imaginary Thought. On this episode, we are joined by uh, Julia from the Cosmic Peach podcast. You can find her on Instagram at cosmic.peach.podcast. This one gets dark, so remember to bring your light. Enjoy. grandfather is actually what they would refer to as like a mountain healer he lived in the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky and we're talking about no running water dirt floors no electricity nothing they had to like grow their own food hunt their own food everything but yet somehow people still knew about my great-grandpa because if they had something wrong with them Uh they would go and see him and he would like lay hands on them and he would do like this little prayer on them and whatever was wrong with them would be healed so oh that's awesome actually i've been watching this show lately called uh alone Mm -hmm. and uh that's just you know it seems like if you're able to survive in those kind of environments, it's almost like a spiritual awakening that happens. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so my great grandpa used to say that this was like a genetic thing that was passed down in our family and that before he died, he'd have to pass it on to the seventh son or daughter of the family. And then they would carry it on until they were about to die. Then they'd have to do like pass it on. So Before he died, he called my aunt into his room and like told her whatever it was that the prayer was that he was saying or doing. And she actually died suddenly and was never able to pass it on to anyone else. But that sucks because I'm the seventh grandchild. So, yeah, but it's in me. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, we always had, like, this inherent ability to, like, be sensitive about stuff. And we got made fun of all the time because it was like the Hamiltons are so sensitive. Like, everything hurts our feelings. um, We're always checking on people. Like, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Because, like, I'm getting this weird feeling from you that you're not okay. And we really just get on people's nerves because we're always like, I don't know. I'm just upset. And I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that goes without saying that we're easy to pick up on, like, spiritual stuff and ghosts and weird energies. Um, 
And so my grandma and my grandpa, now my great grandpa, Troy, that would be my grandma's dad. And she got married and they built a church and they built a house right next to the church. So they built them from nothing with their bare hands. So there was nothing like, oh, you guys moved into a haunted house because it it wasn't really like that. I mean, how can you move into a place that you built with your own hands and it already be haunted? But trust me, that motherfucker was all the way turned up haunted. (laughs) And we all, because we were so like strong in our faith, we didn't really talk about like, are you seeing ghosts at Mama's house? Like that wasn't really a thing that we would say to each other. So It was like we were all experiencing stuff, but we never really compared notes on it. And as my grandparents started to like decline in their health, me and my mom and dad moved in to take care of them. And then we moved out. And then like my aunt and uncle and cousins moved in there for a while to take care of them. And it was just never spoken, but we all experienced the craziest stuff there. And so we would, when I was living there, I would see my cousin Brooke come down the hallway into the kitchen and just be standing there normal like she would have been because we had like this open door policy at my grandparents' house. You never know who's going to be there. If you needed prayer, if you needed something to eat, if you just needed somewhere warm to stay for the night, my grandparents' house was like, open door, come as you are, we're here for you. So it wasn't weird to be like getting home from school and seeing my cousin there. Cause I was like, Oh, Brooke's here. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I would look at her and I would try to engage her like, Oh, Hey boo boo. Like, what are you doing? And she would not answer. And she would like go out the garage door like she was about to leave. And I'd be like, what a bitch. You know, like I'm sitting here trying to say hello to you and you just going to walk right past me. And then I'd see the real Brooke come in from like the back door. And I'd be like, how the fuck did you get from the garage all the way the back of the house and then come in through the back door in five freaking seconds? And I was like, didn't you just go out the garage door? And she was like, no, I've been in the backyard like this whole time. And I was like, okay, so who did I just see then? Walk right in front of me and look me in the eye. Who was that then? And so it turns out that we were all seeing each other. But we weren't really seeing each other. And it was like my grandma would say that I would come into her room at night and like dance for her and like tell jokes to her. And I was like, well, I promise you that wasn't me because that's creepy as fuck, mama. I'm not sneaking into your room at 3 a.m. to tell you jokes and do a dance. Like, (laughs) it was the craziest stuff. And, you know, my aunt would see my mom, but it wasn't really my mom. And 
it got to the point where my cousin Brittany was so petrified of that house she knew like if she woke up in the middle of the night and she had to go to the bathroom she was too scared to even like leave her bedroom and walk three feet over to the bathroom to go to the bathroom she would just leave empty cups in her bedroom so that if she woke up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom she would just pee in an actual empty cup and just leave it there and dump it out in the morning because she was so scared <sighs> i'm telling you like this is the realest <laughs> shit right now yeah i'd hold my pee too <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, i've definitely done that before she <laughs> could not even go to the bathroom she was like if i wake up at 2 a.m and i gotta pee i will pee in this cup before i leave my bedroom and go across that hallway by myself like she was petrified and a lot of us were, but we just never really talked about it with each other. And I would have these really vivid, bizarre nightmares where I would be walking around the house at night in my dream. And I would throw open one of the doors in like the hallway or the kitchen or the backyard, the the back door. And like I'd fall out into space or some shit. And then I would just be like free falling through space and like crying out for my mom and like nobody could hear me. And it was the scariest shit. Or I'd have a dream that in my dream, I woke up and there was something hovering over my body, but then I couldn't wake up in real life. So I was just like face to face with like this demon thing hovering over me in my dream. And then when I would wake up in real life, I was that kind of scared where it's like you don't, you're awake, but you don't open your fucking eyelids because you don't want to see if that thing you just saw in your dream was actually hovering over you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, I mean, and break in, you guys, if you have any questions, like, what do you think so far? Oh, I mean, it sounds like uh, maybe the... You said that um, it was built like you're. Yeah, they mm -hmm. built it with their bare hands. It could have been like something on the land. It could have been. I, I really don't know if it was like a generational thing mm -hmm. that my family's just like super sensitive. So whatever was there, we just picked up on it easier. But as things started to progress, it was kind of like the movie, The Poltergeist, where mm -hmm. it was small things like, oh, we just we're seeing each other or whatever. Maybe a chair moves across the room. No big. And then it got to the point where we were seeing like full on demonic entities. And then someone at some point said like, maybe there was like a portal in your house. And I was like, hell if I know, but it had to have been something. I feel like, um, you know, with, with their sensitivity and everything like that to the supernatural, I don't think it was like, built on top of an Indian burial ground or something like that, it could just be a vortex of power. Like they have them, um, you know, um, there's certain areas around the country or around the world where, you know, people feel like power. It's almost like a, um, a connection point, you know, like it's on the uh, grid line of the earth, like the. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ley lines or power places, something like that. And 
I did want to also mention, just to kind of go along with what you're saying, the house was located right on Lake Erie. And if you know anything about the Lake Erie, Cleveland area, it's like a hotbed for other weird activity, like UFOs. They claim that we have some kind of like a Bessie, which is our version of Loch Ness. And just a lot of weird activity around the Lake Erie, Cleveland area. And our house was so close to the water that I feel like if it were at all something to do with the energies, we were situated in a place where the running water and like you can pull energy off of stuff like that. So it was almost like an amplifier. And then my family, as sensitive as we are about everything, moving into that house, it was like the perfect storm, literally. Wow. Funny you mentioned about the running water. Like, you know, me and Ron recorded an episode about uh, Dracula and vampires last night. And that was one of the things that was able to defend against vampires was the running water. And Ron was kind of explaining you know, the details about why that was. And it's kind of cool. You brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they say water holds memory. So water and stone and crystals hold memory, which is why you can get a lot of like residual type haunting activity at a place that has a lot of mountains around it or running water, rivers, streams, and they're like conductors, which I'm sure anybody who moved into this house probably would have felt something, saw something, heard something. But to the level that we were, I don't know. But so this one night, my sister is in town visiting us from Kentucky. And she's like, well, I'm going to just sleep in the bed with Mama because I have... um, missed her and I've been away for so long and I hate thinking of her sleeping in the bed by herself all the time so I'll just get in the bed with mama we'll have like a girl's night and I was like cool that sounds great so we watched movies we ate pizza great I go to my room my sister goes in there to spend the night with my grandma and that's all I know of it for years you guys years I never knew anything else happened that night And then I told her that I was going to go on a podcast, which was uh, my third eye podcast with ghosts. And I was like, I've like combined everybody's stories Uh and I'm going to go on this podcast and tell them, do you have any stories about Mama's house that you want to add? And my sister goes, yeah, you remember that night that I came in from out of town, this, that, and the third thing. And I said, yeah, of course I remember that night. And she goes, well, what I never told you is that I woke up in the middle of the night and I could hear somebody walking around out in the hallway. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I saw Brooke in the hallway. And I was like, yeah, I saw Brooke too. And she was like, no, wait. I saw Brooke out in the hallway and I called to her and she turned around and looked at me and then started bending over backwards 
in <laughs> the hallway. And then I have the chills all over me. Like, I can't even believe what she's saying. And then she goes, but you know what? Her head stayed normal and just her body went backwards. And I was like, so the way she was describing it was like the girl from The Exorcist or something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, exactly like that. And I said, well, what did you do? And she said, I plead the blood of Jesus all over me. I started praying. I started rebuking. And it just kind of slunk off into the darkness of the hallway. And my grandparents were old school. So I was like, what the fuck did you do the rest of the night? Because I know you didn't go back to sleep. She was like, Hmm. well, mama didn't have a TV in her room. And Mama didn't have a nightlight in her room. And Mama liked to sleep in the pitch fucking black in the complete silence. So I laid there with my fucking eyes open until the sun started to come through the window. And she was like, do you think I'm going to go back to sleep after I just saw that? She was like, I thought I might have to protect Mama for fuck's sake. What if it came back? Tried to attack us. I was like. I'm glad it happened to you because if it would have happened to me, that would have been it. There would have been no Cosmic Peach podcast. <laughs> there would have been nothing. No, I would have been locked up, straight jacket. Hmm. I'm not the kind of person who could see something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, especially something like that where it's freaky. And, and it makes me think, like, do you, you know about like a shadow beams and stuff like that? Yeah, but the way she described it was like full on my cousin Brooke, Mm -hmm. like down to like looking her in the eyes, just like how I used to see her, like the color of her hair, everything was normal. And then just to bend over backwards like that. And it didn't even. So when she started praying and rebuking and then it kind of like slunk off into the hallway. Mm -hmm. That feeling still doesn't leave you, though. Like, you're still laying there, like, what if it comes back? Like, what if I it gets me while I'm sleeping, you know? So the anticipation. A, a constant energy suck in that house. Because it would do small things that were really short like that just to petrify you. And then mm. it was kind of like it would suck all of your energy. And then it had more energy to work with fucking doing terrifying shit like that yeah because uh they say how um ghosts they drain the battery or or drain the some sort of electrical source right to manifest themselves but i'm thinking like you know i mean you you know about shapeshifters because this could be like instead of it having its own form it has to take a form that Mm. y'all would like recognize you know to have that effect like it couldn't be us you know take a its own form it has to right uh-huh. mm. now see that's the first time i've heard that and that is very interesting because it was always living people that it would take the form of and it was almost to invoke some type of like comfortability where if you saw that person you wouldn't be scared because it was like you know they're not dead. It's not like seeing a dead person. Like, oh, oh my yeah. god, I'm seeing my great grandma. She's been dead for <laughs> ten years. No, I'm like seeing people that I live with walking around. You know, which adds another layer to the 
horror, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, it just, it yeah, it makes me think like, um, like it's almost like, so it hasn't, it, it hasn't attacked y'all. It almost seems to be like um, mis- uh, malicious, like, or mischievous in a way. Getting, yeah. Uh, getting, like you said, like it's maybe just getting fear out of y'all and that's like, that's like mm-hmm. its food source or something like that. Yeah. And I have to tell you when it was like family Christmas or family Thanksgiving and it was all of us all together, you never felt anything like that. And we were very religious. So we were not going to be talking about stuff like that. Like I'm seeing demons and ghosts and stuff. We didn't really talk about that. It wasn't until we all got older, like me and my cousins weren't kids anymore so we started talking amongst ourselves and my mom always had like this fascination with the paranormal which she kind of passed down to me but I think her fascination with it almost came from having all these weird experiences and trying to figure out what it was so eventually later on down the line we all start to get talking about the stuff we saw there and um you know my uncle said that he would have the same exact dream every night and it would be him falling off of a building. And he was like, I lived there for years and had the same fucking nightmare every night for years. And I was like, why didn't you tell anybody? But it's like, what are they going to do? How are you going to fix a dream? I guess, you know, Zequil or something. Shit, I'll pass you out. (laughs) But I mean, it was just so crazy because... Besides just seeing stuff and the weird dreams and the sensations and just not wanting to be alone in there, we would see like orbs all around in the basement and you never wanted to be like in the basement by yourself. And there was like ladybugs all over that house, like clusters of ladybugs. I remember Mm. that really specifically. And they're supposed to be, you know, good luck, ladybugs. But this house, top to bottom, covered in ladybugs. So I don't know if that's significant in any way. But, yeah, it was was weird. And my aunt said that she feels like it followed us. Because she had even crazier experiences in the house she lived in before that. Now, see, this is when the shit gets crazy. Are y'all ready for this shit? Yeah, it's already crazy, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Bunker down. She <clears throat> says, yeah, I used to see stuff at Mama's house. She said what she used to see. It was very similar to what the rest of us were seeing. But she said. I feel like it followed us, though, because the house that I lived in before that is where I brought, like, my babies home from the hospital. So I lived there for a really long time, and I used to hear voices when I lived at that house. And she said, one night I was doing dishes, and she had, like, the old glass coffee pot. And she was running it under some hot water and washing out the coffee pot. And it shattered into a million pieces in the sink for no reason at all. Mm. And 
she said, I just kept hearing like voices telling me like, cut your throat, cut your wrist, kill yourself. And again, with my family being so religious, this Mm -hmm. was not something you would ever talk about or say, like, I'm hearing voices telling me to kill myself. Like, no fucking way you're going to say that. So, (laughs) and if she was upstairs, she would hear footsteps downstairs. If she was downstairs, she'd hear them upstairs. But the crazy part about it was after she had my cousin Brittany... Brittany would do this thing where she would cry constantly and nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. And my aunt, while she was in the middle of one of her crying spells, she was like, I'm just going to try to put her, lay her down on the bed. I have to get some stuff done. She'll just have to cry it out. So she lays my cousin in the middle of the bed, puts pillows all around her, goes in the next room and starts folding laundry or something. And the crying stops like suddenly. Uh And then she hears like a big thud, like something flew across the room and she Uh goes in there and my little baby cousin, Brittany has flown across the room She's on the other side of the bedroom next to the wall and she's got a gigantic goose egg on her head and she's knocked out. Oh, man. That's yeah, terrifying. So, so my aunt scoops her up, right? They're going down to get to the uh, car. They're going to take her to the ER and my uncle like throws the screen door open to like, okay, come on, let's go. He throws the screen door open and it slammed back so hard on him. His arm went through the glass on the screen door and cut all down his wrist up to his elbow. So now she was hearing voices telling her to cut herself and all this. Then the baby flies across the room. Mm -hmm. Then my uncle, like literally it slices from his hand all the way down to his elbow And now they're going to the ER for two reasons. Because my uncle had to get surgery to repair his tendon because it was completely sliced. You guys think I was done. Get this shit. They get back from the hospital. Few weeks goes by. Brittany all of a sudden has developed this thing. Where she will just be at a complete 90 degree angle sitting up and start violently smashing her head into the floor. And she would just do it for like 10 minutes at a time and we couldn't stop her from bashing her head in the floor. And I asked my sister, I was like, do you remember this? And she was like, yes, I do because we prayed for her. Because we didn't know what was wrong with her. And it almost kind of looked like she wasn't doing it to herself. Mm. Do you think maybe she was, y'all think maybe she was possessed? I think either something we couldn't see was forcing her head down like that. Or it could have been kind of like a walk-in demon possession situation where it was just because she was just a baby. Like if it got inside of her and like hit its head hard enough maybe it would pass out and then it could like stay in the body long i don't know you guys like literally this is me pulling this right 
from my ass. But all the stories are a hundred percent true. I just don't know what why they happened or what they mean. And uh, you know, um with ghosts, they say eighty, you know, there was a statistic one time about eighty, ninety percent of ghost encounters, paranormal encounters like that are uh nonviolent. So just for whatever reason, sadly, you know, um this seems to be like an aggressive demonic, cult. I think. Yeah. Demonic. demonic. Mm-hmm. And um you know, as time went on and they lived there, my aunt would say she would hear footsteps come up to the side of her bed and she'd think it was one of the girls and she'd like throw her blanket open like, come on, get in the bed with me. And she'd throw her covers open and like no one would be standing there. And then she'd go and check on the girls and they would be in bed. And now this is the fucked up part. Right before I went on my third eye to tell all these stories to ghost, Mm -hmm. I called one of my cousins who lived in the house next door to this, like, people bashing their heads in the floor house. And she still lives there to this day. She still lives in the house next door. (sighs) And I said, have you ever experienced anything weird? You live right next to this house where all this stuff happened. And she goes, yeah, I mean, after that guy killed himself in the house, he used to come and stand at the foot of my bed every night. And I said, what guy killed himself? She said, yeah, the guy that your grandpa bought that house from killed himself and hung himself in the garage. And your grandpa, not thinking anything of it, was like, oh, I'm getting such a steal on this house. I'm going to just buy this house and, like, let my daughter and her, my grandkids move in. Literally just found that out right before I went on the podcast to talk about it. She was like, yeah, that guy who killed himself. And he used to come and stand by the foot of my bed. And then she described it. She was like, he wore a flannel shirt. And he had, like, that greasy, like, oil smell, like, if you've been Mm -hmm. working on a car. And, like, described him in perfect detail. And I was like, no, what the fuck were you going to come out and say that? That's so wild that she could actually smell him, too. Like, not even, not just see something, but she could actually smell it. I think that's crazy. Yeah, she could smell. Like, I think maybe the smell came in first, and then, like, she would wake up and see the figure at the end of the bed. But now... All the shit that they were experiencing in the house makes way more sense. Well, um, because it could have been, uh, you know, the the anger and stuff like that. Because they say mm-hmm. ener- energy isn't destroyed; it just changes form. So, um, him killing himself might might have did it in a manic, aggressive state. So that that energy uh, maybe right. morphed into some sort of like evil entity. The only thing that I can't put my finger on is, like, in separate areas, totally separate cities, totally separate states, all of us have had a paranormal experience after we moved out of my grandparents' house. So, not only was it happening before, then it was happening while we were living at my grandparents' house, then 
after they passed away and then like the nursing home took the house, took the church, everything was really sad. But we all moved like my family moved to Kentucky. Uh, my sister moved to Georgia and we were all spread out in like different states even. And I can remember my sister calling and being like, I swear to God, I see a man standing outside the bathroom every time I get in the shower. And she was in fucking Oklahoma when she was seeing that shit. The middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. And hmm. then, I, you know, I asked my other cousin, Kimberly, I was like, have you ever seen anything? She was like, not only have I seen something, my brother's seen something and he got attacked by some kind of a cloaked entity with red eyes that traumatized him for life and now he can't be by himself in the house like he he will find any reason to like go spend the night at a friend's house um go anywhere to the grocery store but he will not be at the house by himself and i was like so what is this is this a family thing is it a generational thing is it just what is it? You know, it's it. it um, you know, um, I feel like, you know, like you're saying with your family it, and you guys being uh, sensitive to those kind of things. Um, it seems like, you know, malicious entities are maybe attaching themselves to y'all because you're able to kind of see mm -hmm. in or, or sense into that that world, you know, and it's kind mm -hmm. of it's kind of like a moth to a flame. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, I've thought about that too. Like if I was a ghost and I saw someone who could see me, I'd fuck with that person. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> damn, finally somebody can see me. It's not like we're talking to them, like the kid from Sixth Sense or something. If mm -hmm. anything, we're trying to block that shit out of our minds. But, um, let me tell you the most prolific part of this entire story and then you can give me your final feedback before we maybe get into some Kubrick stuff or something <laughs> so my eldest aunt my grandpa my grandma mm -hmm. my mom and my youngest aunt all died in the same month, exactly three years apart from each other. Wow. And somebody called me on that and I showed them obituaries. I was like, why would I even make something like that up? Because I've just lost my whole family. Like my mom who meant more than anything in the world to me is dead. And you think I'm going to make up some kind of a fucking story about that to come on a podcast? Like, that's crazy right now. They literally died three years apart from each other in either November or December. And they were all young. Like, my eldest aunt was 60. She died of dementia. My grandma was, like, 75. And she died of dementia. My grandpa was, like, 75. Died of dementia. My mom was 60 breast cancer she literally found out she had breast cancer she lived for like a few months and then she passed and then my my youngest aunt i won't even say how she died but it was suddenly no one saw it coming and we were all devastated and traumatized by it and 
not only that, get this shit, they died in the order that they were saved by Jesus Christ. Mm, wow. You think that, about that. Is that is really crazy. My eldest aunt went to a revival in the middle of freaking nowhere town in Kentucky. And they had a tent and just some guy like a revival was going on and my aunt got saved. She went home to the hut in the middle of nowhere with no electricity and no running water. And she told her parents how she got saved by Jesus. And my grandpa said, don't let me catch you going back down there with those kooks. And she was like, no, just come with me. She got my grandpa to go. Then he brought my grandma. Then my mom was born. And then my youngest aunt was born. And that's exactly the order they died in. Exactly three years apart. Like Father, Son, Holy Ghost, number three, the Trinity. Uh-huh. It's the craziest shit you've ever heard in your life. Wow. That's, you know, I'm sorry about that too. That's a sad situation to go through, but. Oh, well, makes, thank you. Yeah. And I think I tell that part because. I almost can't believe that it's actually real life and not just something you see like, oh, on Facebook, somebody's messing around trying to get attention or something like, oh, my family members died three. No, I'm serious. They died three years apart in the order they were saved. We've been seeing ghosts our entire life. We've always been super sensitive to the other side and I just don't know what that means in the grand scheme of things, but it's coming up on three years since my, my aunt died Mm -hmm. and we're all looking at each other. Like which one of us is fucking next, or maybe it's like final destination or something. It's a really scary part of all of our lives now. Cause I was like, I hope it's not fucking me. I just got my podcast started. (laughs) It's, it's weird. Like not, I wonder if, something in you know the past of your ancestors or something there was some kind of curse or some kind of deal that was made that's that's really really fucked with your family here in the future it's just i don't know it just seems Mm -hmm. very unlucky for one family to deal with all of that crazy yeah and it's like you said what is it some kind of did was my great grandpa fucking around and like hey i want to be able to heal people and he did one of those like exchanges i don't know you guys and then like he would always say you have to pass it down to the seventh son you have to pass it down to the seventh son and he did that but then my aunt died suddenly before she could pass it down and let's just hope that by her not passing it down maybe it skipped us okay that would be terrifying to think like who would be next because it's coming up it's about to be November, you guys. Like, yeah. which one of us is about to go? Let's hope none of us, you know, just plead the blood of Jesus all over that, that it's not any of us. But you have to think that's in the back of all of our minds. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being in that situation, but it's kind of like, how how could you not be mm-hmm. you know, concerned? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hope you know, just, you know, just a in a positive, but maybe it's, you know, I feel like that too. Like with my dad passing, it's almost like you need, 
I don't know, angels on that side. Yeah. To kind of protect you here, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe it's, it works that way. You know, you hear about uh, soul guides and, and stuff like that. And guardian angels. Guardian angels. And they say usually yeah. it's your loved ones. Cause um, something happened with my uh, brother's uh, daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. She was, uh, there's like a, one of those liquor trays or something like that uh, that you can move around and it's got all, you know, glass uh, containers and stuff like that. And she went to climb it pulled it down I guess he looked away for a second and she pulled it down on her mm-hmm. and he said when he uh, turned around at her to look at her um, there was uh, broken glass everywhere around her except for that one little spot that she was in like almost like a little like uh, see yes force and she's and he said uh, when he turned around at her she was almost like looking up at somebody right Now, see, my mom did that, too. She would say she was getting really sick and emaciated at the end because she wasn't eating. She was just, like, on a morphine drip just to keep her comfortable. And, like, Mm -hmm. it was really, really hard to see her like that. Horrible. But she she would, like, point in the corners of the room. And she'd be like... I see you over there and I'd be like, mom, because I'm, I have such a dark, sick sense of humor. And I'd be like, oh my God, describe for me. What is it you're seeing? Is it a ghost? Is it an angel? What is it? And she'd be like, I'm not going to tell you. And I was like, you pitch. I want to know, like, are you seeing angels? Is mama coming to get you? Is it papa? Like, and she just never would tell me, but she was living with my sister at the time so my sister could take care of her and my sister said she used to see my grandpa all the time in the house when it got really close to time for my mom to pass Mm -hmm. and she was like that was so comforting to me because it was like he was coming to to get her like don't be scared I'm here with you and I don't know it's just there is a beautiful aspect to it it's just I wish they wouldn't have had to die so young and so like abruptly the way that they did. Oh yeah, I feel on that. Um, and and it's you know uh, that that actually uh, happened to my dad too. Mm. He would just uh, in the middle of the night, um, you know, uh, I would just see we would just see him. My mom would just see him. She'd look over and he'd be like reaching up and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like, and, that's um, the realest shit. And it's almost like yeah, they're coming to comfort you, and mm-hmm. gu- guide you on. Um, the only part that scares me is like all the scary shit that has led up to this and I really haven't met a whole lot of people who have had family members get Alzheimer's and dementia at such early ages in their life like I think my oldest aunt was like 50 when she started getting dementia and it took like 10 years but when she turned 60 it got her and I was like, what in the world has led to a 50-year-old getting dementia? And Because you think about it like it's an old person disorder. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who's sitting in a nursing home. And I almost think, was it because our third eyes are like wide open and we're seeing all this shit and we're not doing anything to like guard ourselves or protect ourselves? spiritually like we do have jesus and we pray but 
if you're just letting negative stuff like that happen all the time and you're not standing in your power, does that take a toll on your mind after a while? Uh, yeah, like maybe just slowly like breaking down the f- foundations, you know, of the, re- right. of the reality. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I would think so, too. Yeah, just going to say, I think so, too. I mean, seeing all that stuff that a lot of people probably don't ever see or ever have to deal with, I could imagine it's just a stress on the body and the soul. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, when you're – that's why you need to ground and and stay grounded and stuff like that because uh, um, you want to operate in this reality. This is – you know, this is the Mm -hmm. gift we have is to – you know, so, um, we're here for a purpose. And if you're just, uh, that's why I feel like the spirituality, new age spiritualism stuff can be negative. I do too. mm -hmm. I do too. Cause if you're in that, Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say like, if, if you're dabbling in that and you're not prepared for what could come through, then you're fucking with some shit you don't understand about. Yeah, uh, you know, opening doors into, 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 you know, opening mm-hmm. and letting in negativity. Um, and also, uh, it, it's like you're saying with the dementia and things like that. Um, maybe it's because being so connected to that reality, it's almost like the mortal shell of the consciousness can't keep up with the connection to that reality. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it just makes me, and this will be kind of a good segue. Now, if you believe in angels and the positive things, you also have to believe in the darkness and the demonic beings because where you have one, you have the other. That's why they always use that duality, fucking black and white symbolism all the time because Mm -hmm. with one, you have to have the other. So when I talk to people who are very devout in their faith and they're like, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in angels. And I'll say, do you believe that demons and demonic um, possession or demonic rituals could be? easily exist right alongside those things and it's like they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear about pedophilia they don't want to hear about child sex trafficking they don't want to hear about people in the white house doing demonic activity and rituals and conjuring up spirits they don't want to hear about that they will not hear it actually which surprises me because every other word in the bible is like cast out dark spells (laughs) Jesus uh, relieved that one person, the demoniac of all those spirits and cast them into the pigs. And Jesus forgave the prostitute and Jesus did. And it was always about like relieving people from their own darkness. And I'm like, so how can you sit here and not think that this shit is real? Yeah, I mean, uh, King Solomon, he was the he was the master. He actually under God's, uh, you know, approval was able to actually take, you know, uh, control demons and make, make, make demonic entities do what he wants. But the more, but, you know, you think it's possible to do it, but when you really look into the end of his story, 
he he's supposed to be the wisest man who ever lived, but even he fell victim to demonic forces. Yes. And the same thing goes with Stanley Kubrick, for example. Let's just say that he knew what was going on, that he was around these inner circles, these elites, and he was privy to all of the details. But he couldn't tell anyone. Or else that's his ass. So what did he do? Just like an artist painting a picture, he put all the clues and the symbolism in his movies to show you, for those who have eyes to see, it's blatantly obvious what he was showing us in his movies. Especially Clockwork Orange and The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. Those three movies, you could do 127 episodes on just those three movies and yeah. all the little tidbits he hid in there. <laughs> those are such great. All of those are such great movies. What I, I guess as like a, a giant um, fan of The Shining, what would be some of your the biggest tidbits you would get from that movie that a lot of people might not know about? So if we're going to get into the fake moon landing... The U.S. government saw what Stanley was capable of when he made, um, he made a movie. I think it was called Doctor Strangelove, where the, there was like a scene with some B fifty two bombers, and they saw what Stanley was capable of, and they admired him, and they said, "Hey, Stanley, we have a job for you. We'll pay you an enormous sum of money." Any movie you want to make, you got it in the bag. You can make anything you want to make. Just do this one thing for us. And it was to fake the moon landing. All of the astronauts and all that shit, they've been so fucking mind wiped and uh, clockwork oranged, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know what the, f they don't know their ass from their elbow at this point. I mean, you look at an interview with some of them and it's they don't even fucking blink the whole time. They're just like in a dazed state and just like regurgitating material that's probably just been like forced into their subconscious. But Stanley Kubrick 1000% faked the moon landing and there's little tidbits all over The Shining. Danny's wearing the Apollo sweatshirt. He's playing on the carpet that looks like a landing pad. And the way that he's pushing the cars on the carpet looks like, oh, look, and it's taken off and boo. And he's got like the Apollo sweatshirt. On. You guys that think I'm fucking joking you. It is so clear what he's trying to say in some of those scenes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, always. Mm -hmm. uh, Good, Rock. Oh, I was going to say, you know, anyone who believes the moon landing at this point, I, I, I don't know what to say. If yeah, just, we can't yeah. be friends if you still believe in that's That's all I got to say about it. We, we cannot be friends. I don't have time for you. I'm not here to prove anything to you. You know what it's like? I like talking to um, uh, Ron and yourself, Zach, because, and this is the first time we met, so I hope you don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> no. It's easier when you have someone who's just open-minded to like look at the actual movie and 
just look at it and say, okay, let's say it's true. Let me look and see if I can pick anything up. You'll be surprised how much comes through. Just like 237, the twins were a Stanley Kubrick design. In the book, it was one girl. Stanley made it too for the Gemini. Like all of Uh. these little things add up to something to do with the moon landing. Think about it like this too. Stanley shows you his own life through the various characters in the movies. In The Shining, um, Jack. Let's say Stanley is Jack and he's working on the fake moon landing. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Mm. He he was offered this deal that was sexy and beautiful and intriguing. And then it turned out to be the old hag laughing at him. The secrecy. Everything goes back to him showing you himself through the characters. Just like in Eyes Wide Shut. Tom Cruise. He will only ever be the servant to the elites. He will never be in the inner circle. He can only stand on the outside and observe. He knows everything that's going on. He knows the damn houses they like to hang out in, the parties they like to throw. But hang on a second, Stanley. You're not actually part of our club. Yeah, You just do stuff for us because we need you, but you're not ever going to be one of us. Forget that shit. Like the whole uh, Beyonce and uh, Jay-Z thing. Like, oh, they're the members of the Illuminati. No, they're puppets. No, they're (laughs) fucking, they're they're like fucking fish bait next to these fucking, the real people. You will never see their fucking faces. I promise you that. You'll never see that what they look like. You'll never meet them. They'll never be on screen because they're completely like you will never see what Pindar looks like. We'll never see what these Rockefeller Rothschild motherfuckers look like. We can see like people descendant from them or people who are seventh cousins twice removed from them, but we're not actually going to see these immortal motherfuckers who are fucking drinking children's blood and they're eternally youthful and all. We're never going to see them. Could be a reason why they, uh, they have their little dress up parties and stuff like that too. So, um, Anybody who's kind of there, they wouldn't even be able to. Are in to, disguise. Yeah. They're in disguise and they're able to interact like that. So even, they, so even they keep their secrecy even to those elite circles, you know. Yeah, they do. And you also have to think this. I 100% believe Nicole Kidman was one of the girls getting initiated at the party. They come and take their little girl. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, they come and take their little girl away at the end of the movie while they're out shopping. She just like Mm -hmm. passes them off to them. The guy who runs the costume shop is selling his daughter. Come back anytime. It need not be a costume. What the fuck does that mean? 
and even uh, the shop being called Over the Rainbow. And Over ha- the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. They use a no. uh, uh, Wizard of Oz uh, for like their MK Ultra programming and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely, they do. And think of it like this: the guy who's throwing the Christmas party at the beginning of Eyes Wide Shut. His name is Ziegler, which is Yiddish for bricklayer. Okay, we have another reference right there. Where did they film the orgy scene in Eyes Wide Shut? They filmed that out of fucking Rothschild's house. And and that, you know, you saying that reminds me, I just saw recently a picture of uh, Jacob Rothschild with uh, Maria Abramovich, who we, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, with the spirit cooking stuff. And they were, they took a picture underneath a uh, painting called uh, the uh, Satan and his legions or something. Mm. And, it's like, and it's like, what, yeah, they're going to, that's just a coincidence, you know. It's almost that like sound suspicious at all. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. they come right out and tell you shit, you guys. I mean, do you know what Anthony Burgess, the author of Clockwork Orange, said? Somebody came up to him. They said, "Hey, where did you get the idea for a Clockwork Orange?" And he said, "Oh." I got it from Stanley Kubrick from a conversation we had back in like 1980 or something like that. So that's why he let Stanley direct the movie because the whole fucking idea for A Clockwork Orange came from Stanley himself, which Stanley at the time was hanging out with this fucking Babylon bunch. These fuckers that were involved in NASA and like, the the jet propulsion laboratory all these weird ass germans and stanley was smoking fucking cigars with him and drinking brandy and talking into the night and they were telling him all of his secrets and shit and then probably in a drunken conversation stanley kubrick tells anthony burgess all this fucking inside shit and he goes and writes a book on it and makes it a clockwork orange (laughs) and uh for the listeners and stuff like why what's the point uh why would they reveal all these secrets and um things like that in the, in the movies and uh be, because it's kind of like an inside joke the whole thing oh it's for, such an yeah. inside jo- they laugh in our face just like what they did with a whole lot of other things huh look what i'm doing and then you know, a couple of months or weeks later, the real thing actually happens. And you guys know what I'm talking about. They simulate things. They put shit in movies years before the real thing actually happens. And then they just laugh. Ha ha. Like, we told you, I am legend, Will Smith, 2012. Y'all didn't watch it? Oh, <laughs> you're bad, fuckers. Yeah, and you'll, and you'll notice that, too. The movies with the biggest uh, kind of, like, message and stuff like that, they're usually not um, uh, underground, B-level movies. It's, like, triple-A blockbuster Hell movies. Hell fucking no. These are going to be... Uh, they're going to be blockbusters. They're going to be... I mean, look at The Shining. I watch it every year for Halloween, and I know it's full of shit. And I've gotten to the point where I can't watch anything because I just try to pull it all apart. I've ruined everything for myself. I'm like, this is what that means. 
this is demonic, that's a symbol, so I've ruined movies for myself, but it doesn't have to even be Stanley Kubrick, there's a lot of movies, Steven Spielberg, that motherfucker is really into some shit, okay? He has pro- he's probably a prolific pedophile. He always has uh-huh. to be surrounded by kids. The Goonies, fucking uh uh AI, all these movies that he makes he surrounds himself with little kids. Why is that Steven Spielberg? Yeah, and that I- you got to always be around a child. I think there was something with him and the girl from the Poltergeist movie or something like that. Oh, you want to hear that story? <laughs> Whatever. Dropping the heat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Zach can handle this one, but I'm going to tell him anyways. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. There was um, a child actress who told everybody this information. So there was this thing that they would do where they gather a bunch of elite pedophile fucks in like an empty theater. And they'd have these little child stars come out in their underwear or in a bathing suit sometimes and put on these little shows for them. And so Heather O'Rourke was one of these girls one time. And they put her in a bikini and the girl who went before her is the one that told this story. She went out, she put on her show. She's in the back behind stage. Heather O'Rourke comes out. They want her to do a hula hoop thing in a bikini for all these elite fucking disgusting ass pedophiles. Probably sit. God only knows what they was doing in the darkness of the theater while they're watching Heather O'Rourke up there. I'm just going to leave that to your imagination. (laughs) And so she gets done with her set. She goes behind stage. A couple of the big burly, nasty, hairy motherfuckers goes and follows Heather O'Rourke behind stage. They take her into a dressing room. They close the door. They're in there for about an hour. All of a sudden, they burst out of the door. Medic! 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 Heather O'Rourke, heart exploded. And then they try to say there was something weird going on with her bowels. Well, when you get raped constantly, you're going to have something wrong with your bowels. They couldn't even decide what it was. They said she had a heart attack. Then they said she had Crohn's disease. But there has been thousands of doctors to come out and say there was no evidence of Crohn's disease. Then they said she had the flu. They couldn't even make up their mind what happened to this girl. For years, nobody knew what happened to this girl. Then they try to say, well, she probably had Crohn's because in Poltergeist 3, she was putting on a little weight. You know what uh, child abuse victims do? They start gaining weight because they eat all the time. Because they're fucked in the head. And they just feel so empty all the time. They start eating constantly. She is the perfect case in point example of what is really going on with these kids now who found her steven spielberg Mm. it's sad and um you know for normal people it's just an, an unimaginable thing but 
they're not normal people. These, these, these are deep. They're probably demon possessed. Most of them. They've, and, they've opened the door some to some dark entities. And I always try to explain to people like this, you know what a serial killer is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, pathology behind a serial killer we've all watched fucking Dahmer on Netflix and he was a regular ass dude who was picking guys up at the gay bar drugging them fucking them and slaughtering them and then eating them and he wasn't even an elite motherfucker he was just a normal ass dude from Milwaukee okay now you give Jeffrey Dahmer millions of billions of trillions of dollars and see what that motherfucker gets up to when he has no one to keep him in check this is the elites of america and in the hollywood film industry getting some static right now (laughs) they're probably trying to shut me down because i i dropped the fire i don't hold it back a couple truth bombs have been been dropped here Mm -hmm. yeah and um you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Um, but like, uh, you know, even what we were talking about with, uh, Matt Maria Abramovich and, you know, I, I, I didn't get too much into about mentioned, you know, Pizzagate a little bit in our last episode, those people are into that kind of artwork. Uh, John Podesta, right. The guy who's yeah. <laughs> telling us about aliens and UFOs and stuff like that. He, him, he's into like weird, sick artwork like that. His brother, has a statue of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims. You nailed it. You nailed <laughs> like it. They show you what house. they like. They show you what they like. They like cannibalism. They like torture, dismemberment. They like necrophiling dead bodies. They like stealing the innocence from people. You So you take someone with a psychopathic mindset that's been bred like that from a child because they were abused as children by their own parents. They grow up. And that's all they know. And then you give them endless amounts of money and secrecy and privacy. And it's like, there's this furniture company in Oklahoma. And I don't care if I get in trouble for this. It's called Mathis Brothers. Uh And my husband used to work at this furniture company. And they got to the point where they were making so much money. Their kids were acting fucking crazy. And they were doing drugs and doing weird sex orgies and shit. And... One of the nurses at an Oklahoma hospital let this out to the whole wide world that one of those Mathis brothers kids came into the emergency room because he had a bunch of gerbils shoved up his asshole. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, Ron. That's what Who's you that? do with the fucking freaks. Endless amounts of money. They don't have to work. They're bored. It's just not doing them doing it for them anymore they can't just have sex they can't just have an orgy they can't just no they've got to go to the ends of the earth of depravity to get off it's the same thing with these elite pedophile freaks and and it's also a part of the uh initi- satanic initiation uh, like we heard um with that uh one of the duponts heirs mm, have mm-hmm. you heard about that and he was molesting his his own children who were like only like around five years old oh they love the incest they love it because they are uh perpetuating the cycle i talked about in one of my episodes called the occult laurel canyon and i recommend it for both of you to listen to because it's nonstop fire 
There was a band in the 60s called the Mamas and the Papas. Have you heard of them before? Mm, I think oh, yeah, so. Definitely. Sounds familiar. All right. Yeah, I've heard so, of them. Yeah, super, super big. And um, the main guy in the Mamas and the Papas, his name is something John Williams or something like that. Oh, geez. John Phillips. John Phillips. His daughter, Mackenzie Phillips, has come out as an adult and stated how her father said for the world to be a more intelligent and civilized kind of a place that it's a matter of inbreeding. And her father, John Phillips, raped on her her entire life. This is this type of shit they really believe in. This Crowley shit. Fuck your daughter. Have kids with your daughter. All this. And actually in the second part of the Occult Laurel Canyon episode. I go into how the actual murderer responsible for the Black Dahlia murder. Mm -hmm. Was a man named George Hodel. Who was also incestuous with his daughter. And I lay it out all in buffet style. You guys would love it. There's no way you can argue with me. I've put the whole spread. All the information. All the details. They're all into this ritual. Death cult. Incest. Murder. Pedophilia. That's that what they run on. They don't need Snickers. They've got fucking kids. Huh. That's that's their thing. Well, you think uh, when you think about it, right? A normal level-headed person. What do they want to do? They just want to, you know, take care of the people they love. You know, have a good time, enjoy life, eat, and create memories. And but but on the opposite end, like these people, they they're they're creating curses. They're creating generational trauma. It's. It's it is like an inversion, like for and and I've said this before. They don't think they're doing anything wrong, because in in their mind, this is their their like you know the whole Crowley thing. They're expressing their free will. And yeah, that, it's it's literally their religion, just like how me and you we would go to church on Sunday. We we might do a communion. We might get down on the altar on our hands and knees and pray. Um, we might, you know, say a prayer before we eat our meal. This is their religion. And they don't understand why we are so offended by their religion. Like They're like, we don't say nothing about y'all. But they <sighs> do because they've pretty much demonized most of America at this point. But and, this is their religion. Yeah, and communism, that's, uh, that is uh, essentially a, the political party of the devil and uh, saturn death cults because the sigil right the hammer and the sickle mm. that's that's a uh, symbolic for saturn you know and um uh when you look about what's going on over there it's it's the same kind of depravity and but oh, it's yeah um how uh christians have to literally go in hiding <laughs> to and and buddhists and stuff to, to yes. practice the uh, you know something that to, to what they spread around is that it doesn't mean anything you know there's no god and stuff like that but at the same time they go after these people <laughs> and try to mm -hmm. 
So, Mm -hmm. um, you know what else? I've really been looking into this inverted Hollywood stuff. And they, 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 they got stuff going on that you and I, probably our great grandchildren will just be finding out what's what's been going on for years since like the 60s or even before then actually i think it could have been going on back uh in the 20s with uh the um like judy garland marilyn monroe those old-timey big stars i think they started this inversion way back then, or maybe even with silent film actresses. And and uh, you saying that makes me think when you think of all these Mason lodges and and uh, all the uh, elite parties, they dress up like they're in the twenties, like they still yeah. wear the top yeah. hats and the canes. Mm-hmm. So maybe they that's, love it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a time period when they were able to get away with it a lot more. <laughs> they're just. Yeah, and these masquerade-type masks that they wear is really like... Uh, they they actually... Not wide shut, but a lot of movies reference these masks. A lot of them to do with vampirism, and a lot of them to do with, uh, like, sexy, weird shit. Uh, like, Interview with a Vampire they wear the masks and they're talking about how they need the blood there. And they have Kirsten Dunst as like this sexual grown woman in a little girl's body. And like that, I'm telling you, you guys, if you, if you want to see it, it's just blatantly obvious. But if you're not looking for it, it's just a movie about vampires with fucking uh, Brad Pitt, you know, (laughs) it takes it takes that perspective and um, that's why it's, they're so open about it and putting it because the majority of the public uh, just will, they don't have the eyes to see it, you know, as the saying goes. Right. Yeah. And that's why, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, uh, no, no. I was just saying, I think a lot of people too don't want to see it. I think a lot of people, at least for somebody like me, a lot of times I think uh, when you think so much about, you know, this kind of stuff, it, I don't know, it just kind of brings you down. So a lot of people just, like to go about their life and just, you know, don't like to think about it all, even though they probably know in the back of their mind that all of this really does exist and it's true. You're right. And what else is the whole plan behind that? Is it so sick and depraved? We don't want to think about it because we're like, oh, damn, like I still have to get up and go to work tomorrow knowing all this is going on. I still have to be a member of society knowing all this stuff is going on. And my only thing is that they've created us to be forced into this slave type of existence where we punch a clock. We have to scrape by on a few dollars. We're worried about if we're going to have enough gas in our car. We don't know if we're going to be able to get groceries. We can barely pay our fucking electric bill. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we know we've put you in this slave class where you got to work constantly and fork over most of your life for some fucking dollars you can barely live on. But how about, would you like to know in your off hours that we're raping and eating your kids? Yeah. They they count on the fact that you don't want to know. It it is. um, And... uh, 
that's what uh, bothers them is uh, to see us succeed, to see us live happy lives and, and, you know, grow and stuff like that. It's, but it's sad because really the majority of the world, if we all just bound together and actually like my opinion, it's dark, it's gross, it's weird stuff. Right. But Mm -hmm. if everyone looks at it and actually pays attention to it, they have to come out of hiding and then it's over for them. So they have to distract us. Just think what we're doing here. Like you and me Mm -hmm. and Zach, obviously we are so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. We're just three little podcasters sitting here in our freaking pajamas (laughs) on anchor recording a podcast. A hundred people listen to this. Each one of those hundred people who listen to this know 50 or 60 people that they would share it with or talk to about it. Or maybe it comes up in passing. Maybe they share this episode. It's the smallest little ripple that can affect the biggest change. That's why they can't stop us. What are they going to do? Come and take my laptop from me? (laughs) Take my Instagram down? Fuck you. I will never stop podcasting until you know maybe i get broken i can't pay my fucking (laughs) internet bill (laughs) um but you know from hope out there is some kind of a personal stuff going on in my life but i've seen people in the lowest point of their life you know maybe demonically possessed some weird stuff going like like drug addiction yeah people who i would look into their eyes and it was just darkness it would just be empty an empty void in their eyes but now these these people uh since i've you know started getting into podcasting about a year ago now they have life in their eyes and they're actually improving their life and they're starting to wake up to stuff so it's possible it seems because it's such a slow burn, right? We think mm. day, day by day, we don't see that. But it's like you said, the ripple becomes a wave. And then, mm-hmm. and so that's what, that's what it is. You just have to have faith. And I really do uh, believe that a lot of people who, you know, we call so, you know, NPCs or whatever, that they will start waking up. And, and I do see it happening in real time. I see it happening too. I see it happening. It's not as quickly as I would like it to happen, but that's okay. As long as it's happening at all, I'm happy. And I've noticed that I have to kind of tailor my approach to certain types of people. I can't just talk to somebody I work with the way that I'm talking to you because you guys have an understanding that I'm going to talk about some shit that's not easy to hear. I'm not going to just approach somebody in the cubicle next to me and say all of this stuff. (laughs) They will never look at me again. So I have to kind of tailor my approach. And the reason that I do a lot of the paranormal stuff and the cryptids and all that supernatural, like Bermuda Triangle on my podcast is because you can share that episode with somebody who's like, oh, I love ghost stories. And maybe they start clicking around on my podcast and they end up on on Mormon, FLDS, all that crazy (laughs) demonic shit. And then they're like, hang on. Then maybe they go to another episode and it's Stanley Kubrick stuff or SRA. 
And then they're like, hang on. So I, I do a little bit of everything on my podcast because not everyone is moving at the same speed. But it's still a good window to like, oh, you like scary movies? Well, this girl's got a podcast and she talks about like true crime and ghost stories and scary movies and stuff. Next thing you know, they're out there hollering about Heather O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah, and and to me, uh, it's kind of uh, you know you you said it. It's kind of the same way for me. The I don't believe that we will make a a real change until uh, the you know the sex slavery and stuff like that is 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 taken care of. That's like mm. that is the goal. Everything else is leading up to ending that worldwide. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's such a big industry, right? And we think with with Epstein, right? We saw with Epstein. People think it's just like sexual perversion. It's so much worse than that. <laughs> like there's that footage of uh, the, the, his island, right? You see uh, it looks like it's like a tennis court or something like that. But it looks like it's almost like a sheet that looks like a tennis court. Uh, but it's, it's the actually... The pimples, yeah. the, the Moloch and the ball, and they're just all... There, there, there's some really disgusting stuff going on out there, and um, you get into looking in like the maritime law and all that. It's all different. There, there isn't really any jurisdiction over what he was doing out there, and it also goes back to this thing on inverted Hollywood. And did you see that video that reel I just made? Uh. Uh, which one is it? Or I recently, um, I recently made a reel on Nicholas Brown Simpson. I don't know if you saw that. No, no, I'll have to look at it. I'll have to look it up. So my theory is that most of the major movie stars that we see, uh, most of the men are women, and most of the women are men. Two of the ones you can immediately get on board with me would be Sandra Bullock and uh, Jennifer Maniston. I don't know who she is, but I, I know about Sandra Bullock, and I actually have some uh, stories about her. Uh, you, my... you know who Jennifer Aniston <laughs> is. Give oh, Aniston. You... I'm sorry. You said, I, I, for whatever I reason, said I Maniston. said Maniston. <laughs> Maniston. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I guess. sorry. Now you check out Sandra Bullock. She's got a python in the throat. <laughs> she's got boxy. She she's got block skull. Okay, that's a masculine skeletal feature. The way her fingers are are masculine. Now here's some things for the listeners that you can look at and check, like judge if somebody is a man or a woman. Off these three things. And I wish it was a video so c people could see what I'm talking about. But female fingers. Uh -huh. Your pointer finger is almost as long as your middle finger. If it's not almost as long, it's like barely shorter than your middle finger. And your ring finger is like far, way farther back than your middle finger. Uh -huh. On men, your middle finger and your ring finger are very close in length and your pointer finger is a lot farther back that makes sense because with men we're 
main purpose is to grab stuff, pick it up, and move it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that would make sense. Huh. We would have shorter ring uh, pointer fingers to pointer grip. fingers. Yeah. So you want to look at their pointer fingers in comparison to their other phalanges. Okay. You want to look at the jawline. the The chin is always a dead giveaway. The very straight across jawline is a dead giveaway for a masculine feature. The neck being as wide as the jaw, another dead giveaway that this is masculine skeletal structure. Women have small necks and we have drop jaw, which means from the corner of our jaw by our ear down to our chin, it kind of goes down at an angle. It's very soft and delicate. There's no rigid lines like men have. A lot of the beauty standards that we hold so high in esteem are actually masculine features. And that's why women always think they're so fucking ugly that they need to get plastic surgery because their jawlines don't look like these fucking dudes out here. Mm. Their, Their bodies don't look like... And you know what else? The kneecaps... You can tell a dude's kneecap from a woman's kneecap any day of the fucking week. Look for Sandra Bullock's Adam's apple. She never got that shit removed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Michelle Obama, Mike Obama. I definitely think that's she's a dude. Michael. <laughs> Michael Obama. Obama. Jennifer Maniston. Now. Go, if you have the time, you guys, go look at the video I just posted on my Instagram of Nicholas Brown Simpson. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. I'll check it out after this for sure. I'm talking, and you, you know who else they're saying that about? Meghan Markle. Mm, I could see that when you, if you're saying it now. Mm, she has no... So here's another thing with all these fake pregnancies and kids that aren't really theirs and stuff like that, that's easy. That's the least of my worries is how to explain how they have kids. They do that shit all the time. Those aren't really their kids. If their spine is like, you can see the bumps of their spine. That is a masculine skeletal feature because women have inverted spines. They have a lot of fat packed around their spine Because when you're pregnant and your belly pooches out and you're Mm -hmm. a full nine months pregnant, your spine, actually, your back totally dips in to support the weight of that belly. There's so many straight back pregnant celebrities, you'd throw up to know how many of them are men. (laughs) I I mean, I'm serious. No, yeah. They want men lusting after other men. So regular women who are just out here working their nine to five and they just got their regular little woman parts that they supposed to have that God gave them. That's not attractive. I want somebody who looks like Kim K with a big unrealistic ass and a straight spine and a jagged straight fucking 90 degree angle jawline that's not realistic whatsoever. All these features, they're masculine, but they're they're literally, like I always say, they're inverting your mind, getting men to lust after men, getting women to lust after other women. Because a lot of these dudes, quote unquote, 
are biological females. And it brings it back to the whole Greek society, right? And even the early Romans times when a boy, you know, young, they would dress up boys as girls and stuff. And that was just like, they do that uh, even with the uh, Middle East, right? With the, they dress up boys as girls. and It's also part of the humiliation. Mm Mm-hmm. To make men into women and women into men. Now, somebody sent me a very interesting thing about how Charles, King, Prince, whatever, Charles, is a biological female. He's the ugly sister. (laughs) You look at Prince Philip. He's got some wide hips. (laughs) I mean, they're not making a pretty daughter. I'll just tell you that right now. Probably, if you put a wig on Charles, that's what their daughter would look like. Well, they said it about uh, Trump's kids, too. They have short... Yeah, they're they're all inverted. (laughs) They're all fucking inverted. Mm -hmm. They got narrow shoulders, but then they got wide hips. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little heads. And then Ivanka, she she's definitely got masculine features as well. So that's crazy. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. It's harder to spot the female to male than it is the, the male to female. I'll tell you that. And when I was looking at Nicholas Brown Simpson as a young man, I mean, they did a bang-up job making him look very feminine and putting him in bathing suits and you're lusting after Nicholas Brown. And I also think there's a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy editing. And I don't even have to tell you guys that you already know that magazine covers and all that. They edit the piss out of that shit before they publish it. Photoshopped. Oh, Oh, definitely. But I remember an episode of a Maury, you know, that daytime talk show back in the day. And he oh, had yeah. uh, women and men or trans, you know, transgenders or whatever come up there and you have to tell, is it a girl or is it a man? And a few, few of them, I was like, there's no way that can be a man. That looks like a beautiful woman right there. And it's like, yeah, I used to be a man. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you. <laughs> my reality shattered. <laughs> there is a bunch of like makeup influencers right now that I watched and I was like, there's no way, there's no way. And they were all transgender. And I even showed my husband this one girl, you can look her up. Her name is Nikita Dragon. Mm-hmm. And I just showed him her Instagram. And I said, what do you think about this girl? You think she's sexy? And he was like, oh, yes look at her and i was like that's a dude (laughs) and he was like no way and then i had to play for him like the video where she's like yes this is a picture of me when i was this name and like she dead named herself and was like this was my name this is who i was this is who i am today and i was like you believe me now and he was like gagging he was like dry heaving yeah, and, and it goes to your point, which you were saying uh, about why would they do this in Hollywood is because now you can't – if you feel something like this, you don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> no, and yeah. you don't realize that you're lusting after men, which is causing you to think, like, why, why am I not attracted to other why – why am I not attracted to women? Like, she just does – she looks plain or she looks like uh, – or, you know, she doesn't have this feature that I like or she doesn't have – and it's because you're you're lusting after something that's never going to exist on an actual female's body. 
Wow. Which, if you look up this guy, he used to be in Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Professor Griff. He goes through the whole thing on the convoluted, corrupt hip-hop business, the whole Beyonce, Aaliyah thing with Tupac. He goes through the whole thing about how Quincy Jones came up to Will Smith and was like, you can have all the fame and fortune you want, all the movies, all the music, but I have to fuck you. Mm. And Will Smith was like, let me just tell me when and where, pretty much. And he went to Tupac and he was like, I'll let you do this or that. But you have to let me fuck you. And Tupac was like, no. And that's what marked him for death. Because what they've done is they've turned like that old fashioned thing about having nice boobs and like cleavage and look at the boobs. Mm -hmm. They've turned that into a butt crack. Ass, everything. Man's ass or woman's ass. We both have asses. But only one has tits. Now, why did it go from boobs being the sexy thing to asses being the sexy thing? Because they've literally inverted you into thinking, I don't even care if she's flat chested. I just want ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's funny. You know, as a as a man, you know, I will say like that. That is true. (laughs) I told you. Rather have a nice. Who even cares about big regular female boobs just you know in a bikini or something you got them big old jugs out there (laughs) nobody cares about that you have a big dump truck ass that's all you have to have why because kim kardashian and her little boy self has a big fake ass all these celebrities that are super popular right now they can just go buy a big fake ass and this if you listen to professor griff he'll tell you in order to get anywhere, even if, you, not even if, especially if you're a man, you got to bend over, busta, bend it over. That's why they've made cleavage an ass crack. Wow. And, and you know, even with the occult situation of that, right, the, the bond, uh, you know, sex magic and stuff like that, that's the purest form of love, right? And that's that's that bonding where the two energies come together is you know, normal sex between a man and a woman, but if it's through the butt, right, which is, it, it's actually like uh, an, an abomination, abo- an abomination. The Bible. So it's actually sex magic, but for dark reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's why, that's why it is like that. Like, you know, um, they say There's that w- only one union that works and makes sense. And that's the divine feminine and divine masculine together in a union to create life. They don't want you out here creating life. They don't want you out here having babies and teaching them all the shit. I'm like, my kid's (laughs) going to be screwed the fuck up. I'll just give you that right now. My kid's going to be ultra awake. I'm going to be one years old teaching them about the cabal, but or it's going to be they, John John or Sarah Connor. <laughs> right. They do not want me having babies and breeding mm-hmm. all these super fucking smart, really critical thinking individuals. They don't want me doing that. They don't want any... That, that's why they push abortion, birth control pills. You know, they, they don't want the creation of life. That's the abomination to them. Mm-hmm. transgender stuff and you know kids shouldn't even be thinking about that stuff no. until they, 
And now it's like so upfront. They're telling like five year olds, "What is your sexual preference?" Like, how the hell are they even gonna know what that? Is? They, they just even... learned how to yeah. fucking eat with a fork, and you're asking them about now, why is that appropriate now? That is just no. I remember being five years old and not even knowing what the fuck gender I was. Like, I knew I was a girl, obviously, but I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know I was going to have a period and have this and that and be sexual encounters and all that. At five years old, I didn't know what that meant. I just knew I like pink and Barbie dolls (laughs) and putting fake makeup on my face and pigtails. And it's so, so simple to be a kid. And they're robbing them of innocence. And um, to, to, I guess, say it a different way, when I was, you know, my early teens, I used to think that maybe I was like, should have been born a woman. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I guess I had like, a, um, I guess it was just me being in touch with the divine feminine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that was maybe what was really going on, because I, I think about it now, too. Like when I try to be like macho and masculine and stuff like that, I'm really not. It's almost like a front to to be in touch with my masculine energy. I have to be in touch with my feminine energy, and that's yeah. what brings that out the masculine. That goes into a lot of like past life type type of stuff, which you mm-hmm. and I have talked about before. I think I've lived many lifetimes. I think maybe I was a man before, or I was uh, you know this or that before. I think I've lived in both type of genders and it just happens to be that I'm a woman in this lifetime. I've always known that I was a woman, but at the same time, I am a Sagittarius. So I have that fiery, like more masculine type of energy. And my husband is a Leo. So his ass is all the way masculine. And then that sometimes gets me into trouble because I'd be like trying to test him and see how far I can push for he fucking snaps. But <laughs> that's a whole nother subject. <laughs> I've always known that I was a girl, but I have to tell you, I think that whole getting in touch with your other side is another point. Cause you want to have like that balance where you can still be emotional and soft hearted and compassionate. That's more of a feminine type of energy But you also want to be able to like stand in your power, have confidence. These are what you would consider like masculine qualities. Mm -hmm. So it is important to have like that balance between the two. Yeah, I feel it's more of like, um, you know, the man, it's the outer strength with the female. It's that inner strength and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, we've been. <laughs> I know Zach has to uh, get get up pretty early there. So no, oh, no, it's all good. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. It's been I've been I, I enjoy a lot of time just sitting back and getting to listen to stuff like this. So it was definitely a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and you definitely oh, well, thank uh, you for having me too, you guys. I really appreciate it. You definitely oh, came yeah, in definitely. just came in hot. You didn't hold your punches or anything like that. <laughs> just like a dragon coming in spitting fire. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I guess before you go to, I guess real quick, do you want to like uh, let our listeners know like where they can find you, like where you can find your podcast and your Instagram and stuff like that? Yes, thank you so much, Zach. So um, I have the Cosmic Peach podcast. And if you like the little sample that you got right here, you'll love everything else I have to offer. Um, I really don't hold anything back. I have guests on, but I also do like solo episodes And I'm wherever you listen to your podcast at Apple, Spotify, 
um, Audible, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can also find me on Instagram at cosmic.peach.podcast. And if you have a crazy story, if you're into whatever, if you're into inverted Hollywood, actually, I want to hear from you. Send me a message on Instagram. We'll make it happen. I love talking to cool people like yourselves. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, the pleasure was ours. It was, a, it was, a, it was definitely very fun. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for having you on. Thanks for, or thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I just want to let the listeners know if they want to get their mind blown, I do have a whole October spooky stuff. I talk about, um, you know, the Mountain of the Dead and scary movies and everything. It's all up there right now for the, the spooktacular. So you guys should check that out, too. Oh, definitely. So, awesome. <laughs> well, I thought and say that's a good way to wrap it up. I definitely, like we said, definitely appreciate uh, having you on and, and everybody go take a, take a look. I know I'm going to go take a peek at some of the Stanley uh, Kubrick episodes myself. So definitely take a look and, you know, let us know what you think and we'll see you again next time on the Imaginarium of Thought.